Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Kalen's Coffee Talk is a CastBox original produced alongside with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. Now, obviously, you can listen to my coffee talks wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope that you'll give CastBox a try because I think it's the bee's knees. So with that, pour yourself a cup and let's get to it. One love, one heart, one destiny. Robert Marley. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to another podcast episode. For today's coffee talk, I figured we could talk about me being vegan. Why? Well, it's one thing that we haven't covered yet on my podcast, but it's also one of those things that's just like a really big part of my life. And I get a lot of questions about it. And I figured that it would just be fun to sit down and talk about veganism or being plant-based today, answer some of your guys' questions, tell you my story and my history with it, and all that fun stuff. So hopefully you guys are drinking a nice warm beverage and you're just ready to kind of chill and chat today about I guess just my general overall eating lifestyle. I don't know. Anyways, let's just jump in. So first things first, I did go to Instagram and ask you guys if you had any vegan related questions. It's one of the things that I've been doing most recently on the Coffee Talk podcast. I've been loving getting your guys' input for things and being able to actually just hit on points that you might be specifically looking for. But I am going to generalize a lot of the main questions that I got into the beginning story of this, and then I'm going to get more of your guys' specific vegan-related questions afterwards. Like I said, let's start with the basics. I would like to say plant-based, and we'll get to that later on in the episode, but it's the same thing I mean to me anyways as saying that I eat vegan, but either way, it's been since 2013 that I've been vegan. And before that, actually, I had a history with being a vegetarian. So I'll start from the very beginning. When I was little, and by little, I mean, I would say pretty pretty young, like I want to say seven, eight, nine years old. I was always really obsessed with like animals. I had an animal club in like grade four. And I used to be that girl that just like 
I had like those aquariums where you just like, not aquariums, what are they called? You know, those like bug trap thingies, you like run around and you put bugs in them and you put frogs in them. And like, (laughs) that was just like totally my thing. I was a big tree hugger as a kid. And I used to just love the outdoors and love the animals. And I guess that's actually still very, very true. But that is, I would say the root where a lot of why I'm still plant-based comes from is that, I don't know, I just love the environment. I love animals. And I have this thing where even when I was younger, I would like look at a frog and just would be like, frogs have feelings. Like I know that that sounds really funny, but it's just like one of those thoughts that I just made that connection at a really young age. And it was one of those things that just never left. And so I wanted to be vegetarian at a very, very young age, but my parents were like, no, you have to wait at least until you're a teenager. So I held on to that so tightly to the point that the minute I turned, I would say 12, 13, I know that my mom started making me more vegetarian based meals around the time I was 12, but I do remember them saying I had to be a teenager to make those types of decisions. So I don't think I went fully vegetarian until I was 13. But when I was 12, I started eating only like chicken and fish. And so whenever my mom was making dinner and primarily we ate more so chicken and fish, but if they were ever eating any kind of like hamburger or any kind of like red meat, I just didn't eat it. And that's kind of how it all began for me. And from the time that I was 13, all throughout high school, I was vegetarian. I still ate dairy and I did try and go vegan in grade 12. That was like my first time giving it a shot. And I just remember being like, nope, can't do this too hard. And basically failed within like the first few weeks and then didn't try it again until a year later. So my history in particular with deciding to go vegan all started with, I was actually, I think I was living at my dad's place at the time. So at this point, my parents had split up and I went and I moved in with my dad. And so I wasn't like so heavily reliant on my mom making my dinners anymore. And I decided that I wanted to try veganism again. And it was after I had found, her name was Freely the Banana Girl on YouTube. And she had a lot of like, I guess, controversy around her, but I always just kind of put aside a lot of like the excess energy, I might say. I'm trying to find a very politically correct way to say it, but I guess she was like very over the top about it, but I just found it kind of funny, you know? And so I always just kind of zoned in on the message she was going for rather than the shock factor maybe. And either way, when it boiled down to it, a lot of the information that I found initially with her channel was these almost like documentary style videos that just really opened my eyes. And then it was from there that I started watching some documentaries like What the Health and Earthling was one of them to which if you're going to watch that, please, please, please stock up on all of the tissues because... I sobbed like a freaking baby. Um, And I just started to like basically do my own research. She was like the trigger for me. And so as I started to do that, I went vegan. And at the time, my sister did it with me and we were doing this little vegan challenge. And yeah, I was totally that girl that bought like a million bananas. I still do that sometimes, although I freeze them now for smoothies. But I went through like all of the, I guess, typical phases of what I would consider being a vegan or like the trendier phases of like going high carb, low fat, and then going like no soy. And then I tried the raw till four thing for a while that also didn't last very long. I've tried it all, but 
all in all, the one thing that always stuck, no matter what my diet fully consisted of, was that it was vegan. That said, I'm going to be so, so honest with my experience with you guys and tell you that there were times throughout, especially the first few years of me being vegan, that I would have like days off where my days off would never include meat, but my days off, especially when I was living with the first boyfriend that I ever lived with, he wasn't a vegan and he was a super like fitness junkie. And so he would eat really healthy all week and I would eat vegan all week. And then on Saturday, we would just like get a pizza. And that was like my one thing. And that kept me going for a long time. And then I would say it was around 2015 that I was like, okay, no more Saturday. I don't care anymore. And those Saturdays also started to turn into like once a month things. I don't even fully remember if it or when it at what point switched from being once a week to once a month. But I also did that as well, where once a month I would have dairy. And then around 2015, I don't have specific dates, but it was around 2015 that I was like, okay, no more of that either. And from then on, I have pretty much been 100% vegan Actually, let me correct that. I want to say like 98% vegan because there's always those little mix-ups where you're like you accidentally eat something and then you find out that there's dairy in it, which again, we will get into all of my opinions on all of these things in this whole episode. But there were little times like that. And then there's also been times where I've just been like, my gosh, Gracious, can you just give me a little bite of that? So those have been pretty much my history or those have been like my take on being plant-based or vegan for as long as I have. I don't do the whole cheat meal anymore. I haven't done that in a really, really long time. And to be honest, I feel like it's solely come from the fact that your taste buds do change. At least I found that when I first went vegetarian. It's been so long since I've had meat that I don't miss it at all anymore. Like I was, I think, 12 the last time I had a real hamburger or like, you know, just like a slab of chicken or pork chop. Like I don't think about those things. It's not even one of those things that even necessarily grosses me out unless it's like raw, which I feel like raw meat kind of grosses everybody out. But it's been a minute since I've had some meat, so I don't even think about it anymore. And dairy was the harder one, I would say, mostly because I was a big egg kid. Like I used to love making like egg sandwiches and breakfasts and all that stuff. But now that I guess I'm 25, I've come to just learn the things that I love and the things that I don't necessarily love. And all of the foods that I ever did really truly crave that weren't vegan, that had dairy in them, I've found my way with making my own alternatives of them. So I don't need that fix anymore. I don't need that like once a month cheat meal anymore, just because I found that especially too, as veganism has been on the rise, there's so many easy, I guess, fixes for those little treats that you want that normally you wouldn't be able to find vegan, but now you kind of can. So that was basically what pushed me to go vegan and my history with my decisions in doing so. Now for what actually led to me sticking to it, there were a few things. Now, as I mentioned, when I was younger, I kind of made the correlation between the fact that I am just a sole believer that animals have feelings. You don't have to believe that and that's totally cool, but it's just one of those things that, like I said, I was a kid, I made that connection and then I just couldn't unmake it. You know, I when I look at a chicken, I'm like, that chicken feels things. When I look at pigs, I'm like, that pig feels things. In fact, pigs are actually smarter than dogs. And so to think that like if I look at Bentley, my dog, and I'm like, okay, Bentley has feelings. I know Bentley has a soul. I know that Bentley has a personality. Like there's things that Bentley likes and there's things that Bentley doesn't like. And so what makes that any different from a pig? That's kind of the way that my brain just looks at it. And I am by all means, I want to make this very, very clear. I know that the whole vegan plant-based topic, it can be a really touchy topic for society. And I think that it makes it hard, especially for me and speaking from my own personal experience, it makes it hard to talk about it so openly because I feel like there is 
one, a lot of judgment from people that are just so anti-vegan. And two, there's also a lot of judgment that comes from people that are fully vegan. And I think that that can make things really hard when you're almost just trying to speak your truth and just be honest and open. And at the same time, you're trying to be aware of the fact that no matter what you say, like someone's going to find something to criticize about it. And that is why I think it's taken me so long to find a really comfortable way to just be open about my own experience with being vegan. But at the same time, I know that there's probably so many people out there that are going to be listening today and have maybe dabbled with the idea or are maybe the same kind of vegan that I am where like they eased into it or however their story or your story or whatever you're wondering about it. Maybe you're not even curious about it at all. You just felt like hanging out with me and drinking coffee and you have an open mind. That is really cool too. But I guess what I'm saying is that the whole reason why I'm feeling comfortable to talk about it today is because I think that all of our experiences are valid and I think that all of our voices should be heard. And I am a big believer in the fact that even though I myself have found this lifestyle to be so fulfilling for me, I know it won't be or isn't necessarily interesting or fulfilling for everyone. I would love to believe that it could be or wish that it was, but that's not my fish to fry. Ooh, not even a good term to use in this podcast. I guess that's not my tofu to fry. Oh God, that was cringy. Anyway, I'm going to keep talking. So like I said, I call myself plant-based again for that reason. There is a big community out there that is vegan now and I love it. I feel like in the last few years, especially since the whole, like I said, I've been around since the Freely Banana Girl phase. So I've seen the rise of vegans and I feel like I've been part of that wave of people that went vegan and I love it. But I also know that there is a huge pushback and a lot of the times it actually comes from vegans. And I get it. Like, I love the passion. I love anyone's sense of passion. I just, I don't like when a sense of passion kind of comes from a place where it's like nothing will ever be kind of good enough. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that even just solely from vegan standpoint. I mean that when anyone's trying to make any kind of good change in their life, I think that we should all be supportive of that good change rather than critique that good change. Hence, boiling back to why it's maybe taken me so long to kind of I guess, explain my full experience. I've done vegan videos before, but this is the first time I've talked about veganism in a while. And so, like I said, that's why even though I've been saying vegan this whole time, I would say I'm more so plant-based because I still have some room to grow. The thing about being plant-based, vegan, however you want to call it, is that I'm learning new things about it every day and I'm trying new things with it every day. And there's times where my naivety gets to me. There's times where I don't realize that like a product I'm using isn't cruelty-free or how there's certain people that will define being vegan as people that are completely vegan in every aspect of their life from like the things that they wear, the gadgets like your iPhone and just like so many different things that you use on a day-to-day basis versus people who eat vegan. And so I definitely eat vegan. And one of the things that I've been focusing on the last year or two is also becoming cruelty free with my products. But like I said, even just the fact that I'm now 25 and I eat plant-based 100% of the time, this is like a whole new wave of it to it now that I'm trying to become cruelty-free and vegan in all of the products and all of the things I use in my life. But it's hard because I was raised a certain way to that my brain just looks at things and doesn't see it that way. So you have to literally retrain yourself. And that is why I think that it should come from a place of compassion. It should come from a place of like, as long as you're doing your best and you're trying to educate yourself and you're being aware of the things that you're doing and purchasing, then, hey, you're going to make some mix-ups. You're going to have to do the best you can. And that's honestly, I feel like better than not trying at all. That's, again, my personal opinion. But like I said, I like to say plant-based because I don't want to offend anyone, especially any vegan, by calling myself a vegan because there are avenues in my life that 
I'm still learning about. Like for instance, I recently purchased a new Jeep and it wasn't until people were like asking me about it. They're like, well, wait, is that Jeep vegan? And I was like, well, whoa, I didn't even think of that. Like when I was getting my new Jeep, I was just so excited about my new Jeep that I didn't even think like, damn, is this vegan? Like just things like that, that you just, you don't necessarily fully think of. And I'm learning every day. And that's why I love this lifestyle because it is such an eye-opening experience and I just feel so drawn to it. And yeah, so that's my whole history with it, the way that I fit it into my lifestyle and I guess what's led me to being vegan this far into my life and, or sorry, plant-based into my life. Now I get a lot of questions from you guys, like what's your favorite vegan junk food or do you miss dairy or, you know, how do you make it work for you? Is there a favorite meal you have? All of those questions to which I'm going to get to right after we take a really quick break from the Coffee Talk sponsors that brought you guys today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Okay. So I don't know how we didn't start with this, but first things first, my favorite vegan coffee drink. So we have talked about this before, I think in either videos or at least once or twice in my podcast, I hope at least considering it is a coffee talk podcast. But one of the things that I absolutely love is the silk almond milk creamer for your coffee. And if you can get it in hazelnut, that I'm not kidding you is better to me than any like Starbucks vegan drink, any cafe vegan drink. It's just the best way to make vegan coffee at home. Now, if I am going to be having like a vegan coffee elsewhere, I love anything with almond milk or oat milk. Those are like my two obsessions lately. And I'll usually get some syrups put in there, you know, like the little skinny cinnamon dulce, maybe a little bit of vanilla, hazelnuts. Uh, If I can get anything peanut related, I will totally do that. And then just ask for it with almond milk or oat milk, like I mentioned. Now, one thing that I will say, for those of you guys that are listening that are maybe just trying to be a little bit more cautious of dairy, uh, if you are trying to do so, just make sure you ask whenever you go to a cafe, like, is there any dairy in your syrups? It's just that easy. And then you just tell them like, and I want like a dairy-free milk. And then if 
they like inquire about it, you just, you don't have to say necessarily vegan. I always just say like, oh, like I just don't have any dairy. And that makes it really easy for like cafes and things like that to be able to make sure that I'm drinking coffees and stuff that don't have any milk or anything in them. And then in terms of like my favorite vegan junk food meal, which is like a big question you guys were asking on Instagram as well. It's hard because there's so much vegan food in Toronto that it is absolutely insane. To be honest with you guys, pad thai is normally vegan unless you have egg in it. But pad thai is like my favorite food in general. Like if I'm on death row, knock on wood, but death row isn't even a thing in Canada. If I was ever in that situation and they're like, you have one meal left, I would be like, give me the tofu pad thai with tofu spring rolls, please. Um, So that would be my favorite food or junk food in general. But in terms of like a good vegan, like yum, pizza, and then burgers and fries for sure. Or to my fellow Canadians out there, a vegan poutine. Those are like my favorite top vegan cheat meals or like junk food meals. You know what I mean? Because I eat, I would say like a healthy vegan throughout the week. So those are like my top, top faves. But in terms of what I actually eat on a day-to-day basis, now I'm a big bowl person and I love making big like bootables. So I'll make a base like rice or quinoa or have like a green base if I'm making more of like a salad bowl. Um, Sometimes I'll use rice noodles. It really depends on whatever I'm feeling that day. You can even do like a bean base if you're wanting more like a bean salad. And then I'll add just like a million different like vegetables and like tofus and tempehs and beans, legumes. Like I said, like kale, spinach, all of that fun stuff into a bowl. Then I like to season it. Then I like to put a sauce on it and then call her a day. So other things that I like to do are like fry up some like mushrooms and onions and green peppers. But like even when I was a baby, I was always like a big vegetable person. Like I never really discriminated against any kind of fruit or vegetable which made it also really easy for me to transition into this lifestyle because that was kind of how I was already eating. I just started subbing out my chickens for tofus and for veggie burgers or there's so many veggie like substitutes on the market now. And then slowly and slowly just started to wean my way as I got older into eating more like organic and eating more just, I guess, whole foods. And so that's why throughout the week, I try and keep it to things like organic tofu or organic tempeh and stuff. But there are like vegan chicken strips you can get. There's vegan um, burgers you can get out there. There's vegan fish that you can get that actually tastes like fish and chips. And I know that that sounds really weird, but it's actually really, really good. My only thing is, is that, and we could totally make this a podcast episode for another time. I just really try and cut back on my processed foods through the week. So that's why I don't necessarily eat a lot of like the vegan substitutes like chickens and burgers and all that stuff throughout the week. I try and keep it more to like beans and tofu and tempeh through the week. And those bowls are like basically what I thrive off of because you can change them up all the time. You can put sweet potato in, then you can try a different type of potato. You can try a different type of seasoning. And I like food like that. To some that probably sounds horrible. And I have even friends that are like, how do you eat like pretty much the same thing every single day? But that just is how it's worked for me. But I also know vegan people and have vegan friends or even my sister where they make like crazy cool different meals every single night. And I think that that is also just a different way to do the same type of lifestyle. You know, you kind of have to figure out no matter which lifestyle you're trying to live, a way that makes it work for you. Like if you're somebody that likes having different food every day, then heck, try something different vegan every day. But that's how I eat on a normal, regular basis in terms of keeping my diet plant-based. Now, like I mentioned, I went onto my Instagram stories popped a question bar up there and let you guys type in any vegan related questions. So I'm going to dip into some of them because there's a lot of really good ones you guys were asking, starting with at oh Marissa wanting to know tips to someone who wants to go vegan, but struggles financially. So 
one of the biggest things that I haven't been doing it for a while, but I have a lot of videos on YouTube actually are vegan meal preps. I feel like anyone that wants to go vegan, but is afraid of the financial uh, aspect of it. If you meal prep, no matter if you're plant-based or not, this will save you so much money. There have been weeks and weeks at a time where whether I'm trying to stick really heavy to a budget or I'm just trying to stick really heavy to like my gym and like my fitness game for whatever reason, it's just like literally if you can prep your meals in advance and you can do it in like big bulk basic servings and then you'd separate everything into Tupperware containers, that is going to be the fastest and best and easiest way to make it sustainable for you financially. Realistically, the thing about going vegan is a lot of people think it's really expensive. The reason why is because when you go out to restaurants or when you go to cafes, for instance, and you're saying like, hey, I want almond milk, like they automatically charge you an extra 75 cents. Or you're like, oh, can I get that with the vegan chicken? And then they charge you more. Or even when you're at grocery stores, everything that has that big green, like this is vegan label on it, it's always like a $10 box of four vegan burger patties. And yeah, that sounds like really expensive, especially when right beside it, if you're like at Walmart, there's like a $2.99 box that gives you like 50 normal hamburgers from a cow, right? That is why I feel like there's this big stigma around being vegan that people think it's really expensive. But like I said, if you're not eating a lot of the whole like vegan substitutes and you're just bringing it right back down to like a whole foods basics, which you can do even if you're not plant-based. Like this is the thing is that even though we're saying vegan here, this is even just a good general tip for you guys if you're feeling like you find it hard to cook at home because it's expensive. Like realistically, if you're eating a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of you know rice, quinoa, potatoes, those are things that you can buy in bulk for really, really cheap. Literally make the biggest quantities of separate it into containers. And that is like, it boils down to being like $2 a meal. It's crazy. So between that and then if you're looking for protein, you need to get like your tofu in there and your tempeh in there, your beans in there. It's actually way cheaper than it is to be eating, I guess, more expensive things in the grocery store because eggs and cheese and meat, especially if you're getting the good quality kinds, those are way more expensive than buying any kind of like produce, any kind of bulk size of potatoes or rice or anything of the sort. So it's crazy because I totally get why. And I thought the same thing at first too, that being vegan was almost kind of like hand in hand with being expensive, but it's actually so much cheaper. And if you can plan in advance and like build out your grocery store list before you go, you can actually budget it in and you'll end up spending like, you can make it so that it's less than $2 a meal. It's crazy how cheap it is once you get into a rhythm. Now that said, if you're moving in to being more plant-based, if you're trying to eat even just plant-based throughout the week and maybe you just don't do it on the weekends, whatever you're trying to do, I definitely think it can be more expensive if you're trying to keep those substitutes in to keep yourself on it. You know what I mean? If you're used to eating chicken every day, yeah, go for the vegan chicken so that you're slowly kind of getting your body accustomed to these things. But by all means, there is a way to do it that isn't that expensive. And I think that if you prep and you plan in advance, there's a lot of easy ways that you can work your way around that. So the next question comes in from Sophinin or Sophinin. I hope I said your name right. She wants to say or ask, I don't want to restrict myself. Do you have any tips on that? So I know that what I just described to you guys is my daily plant-based diet. It is a little bit more restrictive in the sense of like, I am someone who can totally eat pretty much the same thing every single day. Like I guess maybe something I learned a couple of years ago in terms of 
Did you guys ever hear about how like Barack Obama just wore the same suit and the same tie every day because he just took that decision off his plate? Now I'm someone that I'm sure you know if you've been listening to my Coffee Talk podcast for a while. I do struggle with anxiety. I do struggle with overwhelm and any kind of decision, especially being that I'm sorry to do this. I'm about to be the most basic right now. I'm a Pisces. So if you make me have to make a decision, I get like emotionally attached to decisions. Like it's like I see everything from both sides and like I try and weigh out the options and literally someone's just asking me like, what do you want for dinner? So that is why I think I got used to a couple of years ago eating a lot of the same things because I like the foods. They don't really get old or bored to me and it just works in my favor. But in terms of not wanting to restrict yourself, there is, like I mentioned, no restriction here. If anything, I like to look at like making a lot of the meals that people love in a vegan form, like a fun challenge. Like anytime I have friends over or even Arthur, like my boyfriend now when he's visiting, I'm always just like, like, what's your favorite meal? And then I'm like, hey, I'm going to challenge myself to make a really good vegan version of that that you won't even know is vegan. And that to me is really fun because that is like a fun way to challenge myself to not be restrictive at all. It's like, let me find a way to make a pizza that tastes better than normal pizza. Like, let me find a way to make a burger that tastes better than normal burgers. And it's all vegan. If you need to, too, like I have friends and family members who eat vegan six days of the week and then have that one day of whatever they want on Saturday still. And even just doing that, if you know that it's like, okay, like this week I'm going to try and eat vegan, which in your brain, I can see how that would sound restrictive, but eat vegan for those few days and then have that day coming where you are allowed to like not be so restrictive. Whatever is going to work for your lifestyle and whatever is going to make you feel good to your core, just trust your intuition, you know? But like I said, I used to do this, but then I ended up switching it out because I started to find all of these meals that just basically replaced the ones that I was having that like cheat with on whether it was pizza or garlic knots, or I used to be like obsessed with um, Ben and Jerry's, like the cookie dough, the half-baked tub of ice cream. And now Ben and Jerry's has the non-dairy version of that ice cream. Like there are so many options out there. It's just a matter of, I guess, doing the research, educating yourself, and then just making sure that you know that there is no restriction here. It's basically just what do you like and then kind of have fun with it and challenge yourself to make a vegan version of it. The next question comes from Mad, M-A-D-D, Silva, S-S-I-L-V-A, wanting to know advice on being vegan around non-vegans. So here is my advice. And like I mentioned, I just want to keep disclaiming this, that my mindset on this is just my mindset. I know that there's people that might be listening that are vegan or plant-based or not vegan or plant-based and might feel completely different. And hey, I'm so open and welcome to that. But this is just the way that I worked basically being plant-based into my lifestyle in a way that doesn't cause any friction in my life and doesn't cause any kind of stress or, you know, just like weight. The first thing is to keep an open mind. And that sounds hard in the sense of anyone that is out there that is vegan or plant-based knows that it's normally the others that you feel like need to have that open mind. So for us to be more open-minded is kind of like, wait, what? But I say that in the sense of like, keep your mind open because I know that it can be really hard to be around people that don't agree with what you're doing, whether it's based on being plant-based or not. Like it could even just be like, oh, I've decided that I'm going to be a runner every day. There's always going to be someone that's like, you shouldn't do that or someone that doesn't want to do it for themselves. So they're telling you, you shouldn't either. But when you keep the open mind, it's like, hey, you're allowed to do you, but I hope you can let me do me too. So I feel like when you keep an open mind around non-vegans, then it makes it kind of more comfortable for them to be comfortable with your choices as well. That's just the way I like to do it. And then if I'm going to anything, like any kind of event, any kind of dinner, 
dinner, any kind of like potluck or anything like that. I always just come prepared too. Like sometimes I'll either stash a snack in my purse that I will snack on and try to be a little discreet about so like people don't think you're being rude or anything. But like if I'm going to an event or like if I'm going out for, you know, drinks to a friend's house and we're all bringing snacks or whatever, I'll just always bring a vegan snack. If I come prepared, then one, I'm not you know, starving and then being like, oh God, I really just want to eat that spinach dip that everybody else is eating. I'm like, no, I'm totally happy over here with, I've made things like chocolate chip balls, like literally they're like little cookie dough balls, or, you know, you can make uh, your own vegan spinach dip. You can make, I've made pizza dip before. Like there's so many dips you can make. There's so many appetizers you can make. I've done like vegan piggies in a blanket. Like, did you guys know that the Pillsbury croissant dough is actually vegan? So you can roll uh, veggie dogs in them and make piggies in a blanket and they're vegan. You just dunk them in mustard. Like always just show up prepared and then roll the comments off your sleeve because everybody loves to, you know, just take the easy hit to the vegan in the room. And that is something that, again, I just don't take it personally because I'm like, hey, I get it. If I wasn't vegan, I, I just, I can step inside their shoes and understand like that's an easy target and I'm willing to be the easy target because at least it's getting the conversation out on the table. And that's always cool too. I know that not everyone's going to get it, but that's okay. I'm the only one that needs to get it. I'm the only one that needs to feel comfortable with my life decisions. And that's just the way that my cookie crumbles, you know? So there are a bunch of other amazing questions like, you know, what was the transition like? Tips for living with somebody who isn't vegan or how people basically become dietitians whenever you say you're a vegan. Where do I get my protein? What's my favorite vegan dessert? And we're going to get to all of that right after we take another quick little break from the Coffee Talk sponsors that brought you guys today's episode. All right. So bringing it back in, we have a question from Kay Casper XO wanting to know tips for living with a non-vegan spouse. So whenever I cook, whoever's eating with me can totally have what I have. And then if they want to add meat or dairy to it, then that's totally cool too. It's just, I won't. That's the way that I have always done it. No matter who I'm around, no matter who I'm with, like I basically don't expect anyone to be vegan just because I am. That said, if I'm the one that's cooking and that's just like a common knowledge thing, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to make this super yummy vegan meal. Are you down? And if the person's down, then cool, I'll make it. And if not, then it's like, okay, cool. Like you can make whatever you want to make too. And not in a way where it's like, oh, I'm, I refuse. It's just like, I respect other people solely because I'm asking for that same respect in return. I can't expect someone to be cool and chill about the way that I live if I'm not cool and chill about the way that they live. And I also think that being that open and having that honest, just like dialogue and conversation and also just coming from a mutual place of understanding and respect is the best way to coexist amongst the world where not everybody's going to be the same. And especially when it's someone you're married to and that you're living with, I think that this can be a really cool way to, to keep the person that you're living with and married to interested. Because if you're instantly like, hey, I just completely disagree with everything that you're doing. And you know, this is my new brand new passion of mine. And I expect you to be the same way. I think that that turns people off. So you could go about it by being like, this is something I'm into. This is something I've been researching. Do you want to maybe watch a documentary with me? I'm not trying to convert you in any way. I just think it'd be cool to do this together or maybe look into it together. And hey, if you don't want to, that's totally fine. But I just need to let you know that when I'm cooking, I'm going to be trying to basically cook vegan for me and you're allowed to have as much of it as you want. And if you ever want to make anything else, I will never be offended and leave it at that because I feel like that is the best and most honest way to stay, I guess, how do I say this? To stay respectful and 
to basically the golden rule to get or treat others the way that you want to be treated or to get that respect from others that you are basically asking for from them as well. That would be my honest opinion. And just keep asking for their support and tell them that you're not expecting for them to commit to what you're doing, just to support what you're doing and then keep supporting them too. The next question comes from Jen Benissa 10 wanting to say or ask, sorry, how do you respond to people who suddenly become dietitians the moment that you say that you're vegan? Okay. So my go-to is I can see how that can make sense. Honestly, word for word, that's just all I say and I'll leave it at that because like I mentioned earlier, I don't see the point in arguing with people because when you argue with someone, everyone's just trying to be right. And I know instantly, or you can tell instantly when you're conversing with someone, if they're closed off or if they're open, you can find doubt in anything, or you can find positivity in anything. You know, you can find the negative to say, or you can find the good things to say. And it has more to do with people feeling threatened by the fact that I think the minute that we say we're doing anything that we know is kind of good for us or that we're really happy about, other people feel like we're expecting the same from them. And so anytime that you say like, hey, I'm plant-based or I'm a vegan, they're like, oh, do you know that that's not healthy? Are you getting enough protein? And you know, eggs are supposed to be really good for you. Are you getting enough of that? And people suddenly think that they're your doctor. I think that that just comes more so from one, them trying to convince themselves that they don't need to do those things. But that's why I try and keep an open mind and tell people like, hey, you do you and I'm just going to continue to do me. And if they respect that, then I find that that defense mechanism of like, I'm going to be your dietitian right now dies down instantly. And if they don't, then I honestly, I smile, I let it go and I walk away because it's just not worth the time of me sitting here trying to tell somebody else why I do what I do. There's so many better things to spend my time on. And that's just the way I look at it. At Sophia Mark. Kez Braun, <laughs> I really hope I said your name right, wants to know what foods do you get your proteins from? So I eat a lot of tofu, tempeh, legumes. Broccoli actually has a decent amount of protein in it, vegan protein shakes and bars. But to be honest with you, you actually don't need nearly as much protein as you might think. We were always told that and I get that. Again, this has only come from my research that I've done in being plant-based, but no one has ever actually died if they're eating enough food in a day from protein deficiency. Like nobody has ever been treated for that if they're eating enough food. So you can't actually be protein deficient so long as you're eating the proper amount of food in a day and calories in a day. And in terms of actually getting my protein, I have been eating a little bit more pro higher protein recently because I do find it keeps me fuller longer. Like I said, I eat a lot of tofu. Protein shakes have been on and off with me, but I love a good protein shake. And again, just adding things like beans and chickpeas and all of that to my dishes. And I never really feel like I'm kind of missing out, you know? So we have like two more questions and then I'll wrap this up for you guys. But the next question comes from Naima Nazar wanting to know, what is your favorite vegan dessert? Chocolate chip cookies without question. So chocolate chip cookies are one of those things that took me so freaking long to basically nail down the best recipe for them. I did put it up on my blog, by the way, and I have a few other like really good recipes, like even just how to make a bootable, like we were talking about earlier. That's up on my blog. There's some cupcakes up on there. They're like cereal cupcakes that are so freaking good. When I say chocolate chip cookies are my favorite dessert, like I am like very particular about my chocolate chip cookies. They have to be soft. They have to be chewy. They have to be like melt in your mouth. They just have to be good. And so I perfected those, which took me a while and put them up on my blog if you guys did ever want to make them. And I also love ice cream. Like, yes, the Ben and Jerry's vegan ice cream is amazing, but even just making my own homemade banana ice cream, all you need are frozen bananas. That's the crazy thing. Like you can also use a little bit of almond milk if you want to 
make it a bit creamier. But from there, you can add any base you want. Like I've added peanut butter. I've added pumpkin pie filling and made pumpkin pie ice cream. Like you can make every single flavor that you can think of and just add it into frozen bananas and then blend it all up and it turns into ice cream. It's the best thing in the world. Oh, oh, actually. And then one more thing, sticky mango rice or mango sticky rice. Sorry. Discovered that last year when I was in Thailand and it's my favorite thing ever. So freaking good. I didn't think I'd like it, but it's honestly amazing. So that would be my third. Okay. And then last but not least, we have a question in from Ali.Lavish wanting to know, do you dip your fries into your vegan milkshakes and hell to the freaking yes. It is something I did before I ever was vegan. And now it's still something I do just with vegan substitutes. But if you don't dunk fries in your milkshakes, I feel like you're not doing it right. So there you guys have it. That's all of my thoughts on why I'm plant-based, my history with it, and answering some of your guys' most commonly asked questions. I want to know, do you guys eat plant-based? Do you like vegan food at all? Are you vegan? If you are, how long have you been vegan? Is it something you're interested in? And to be honest, you guys sent in so many amazing questions that I'm wondering if this is something I should do a blog post on as well or talk about in a video perhaps because there's so many questions I couldn't even get to, but you guys asked some amazing questions. Also, make sure you guys are following on both Twitter and Instagram if you guys want to get your question in into the next Coffee Talk podcast episode. And aside from that, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys are now hungry because I sure am. And I will talk to all of you guys in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.